Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? How long have you been doing this? A very long time. I've been doing it since, well, it depends on what form you're talking about. I mean, you know, our building 429 has existed since 99. 99. So we're, this is the 20 year anniversary for us. Congratulations. I know, right? Come on, man. Who who knew it was going to last this long? I've been playing you know, for trying, trying to pursue music in multiple other acts before that, and even had a record deal offered to one of them, but it just, the, the whole thing fell apart. And so, yeah, I, I think for real, for real doing this for 20 years. First instrument you picked up. Cause I've, I see you play guitar, right? I think I've seen you play piano. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. First instrument I ever played was piano. I had no choice. I was going to be a Southern gospel pianist because my whole family's Southern gospel. Uh, my, my mom is one of five sisters. They all sing amazing harmonies, unbelievable singers. My grandfather, though, was uh, involved in Southern gospel for real. Like he's dear friends with the Tally uh, vocal group, the Cathedrals. And he used to tour as like the kind of opening artist type thing for them. And a a band and a, a gospel group called Highland Airs. And I can still sing all the songs. They're awesome. I I grew up with with the intention that I was going to play Southern gospel in a you know in church, and then my dad introduced Led Zeppelin and you know, the rest the rest was history. You know, it kind of blew that whole thing up. Really, Led Zeppelin? Yeah, really. Uh, like an album, a song, like "Son, I Want You to Hear This." He was working somewhere, and you heard him play it. I always love to hear how this unfolds. Yeah. Okay. So we weren't allowed to listen to anything except for uh, Southern gospel in our family. Anything. Okay. Nothing. But of course, unbeknownst to me, my father, every time he got in the truck, man, he would throw in anything. He'd throw in Zeppelin, he'd throw in Deep Purple, he'd throw in, you know, Sabbath, all okay. that kind of stuff, right? And of course, I had no idea. 
The uh, truck was his sacred space. It was. <laughs> it really was. And so you can pretty much pick anything. But when when I heard, I, honestly, Cashmere, the okay. first time, it's when I heard the beginning of Cashmere for the first time, I was like, what is that? And it sent me on this crazy quest. Like, I wasn't really secretly doing it, but I was totally trying to find music that was like that, right? And so, and I remember, seriously, I was in a sophomore in high school when the extra credit question was, who sings and plays the song, You Shook Me All Night Long? And I did not know the answer. And which now I know that's ACDC. I had no idea at the time because I never listened to that, you know? Mm -hmm. But my dad introduced uh, Cashmere and when the levee breaks. Oh, come on. I mean, instant amazing. What is, what is, what are you, what are you remembering right now? What are you, what are you, what are you hearing? I, I just, I remember it was the first time I'd ever heard drums like that. And I, and I heard this, the classical thing on top of it, right? And you hear the, all the violin, you hear the violin, you hear the cello pulling that together with the electric guitar. And crazily, it's an alternate tuning on the electric guitar. It's a dadgad tuning which sent me on a whole nother run and <laughs> Wait yeah a minute. you tune a guitar differently uh, hang on a second oh yeah uh, well, i mean just come on this guy's vocal uh, now i can't sing like him i never will be able to sing like him but i just remember thinking mm-hmm. ah, right there i remember hearing this and being amazed that four guys could make that kind of right Anytime, like a rush, three uh, guys rush. make that kind of whatever, and you just, it's like, there's just power. It, it is. You and, know? And what I also loved about it, too, is it wasn't like, if you listen to that track, they're not trying. <laughs> That's the crazy yeah, part. Well, well put. They're not even trying, man, when that comes on. And so, anyway, so that that was the beginning. And then, at that time, there was a resurgence of rock and roll in kind of the early, late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And so this record came out that was called, um, I think it was called, it was called Big Ones, and it was by Aerosmith. Yeah, the greatest hits uh, record. Yeah. Right. And I introduced my father. I was like, Dad, you got to check out this brand new band. They're called Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> this brand new band. And my dad was like, you got to be kidding me, kid. He's like, let me, and, and he, sure enough, he pulled out his old LPs, and the first thing he played was Dream On. Dream on. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what is this? You know, and and on and on and on. I mean, I just, so I was a huge, oh my goodness. (laughs) Do you hear, but do you hear the classical elements in that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It's not just. Here's uh, my two cents about this. This song has staying power. 1973. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. I was 70, I was four. <laughs> and it comes on and it takes you to a different world. Oh, oh yeah. And then, right. you know, so anyway, I, that Those was the my, big ones. That was it. And then, then okay, so I, now don't get upset at me, but this is a fact. I never, I didn't feel like I could sing. I felt like I could play guitar. In fact, I was in choir for like three days. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you, sorry, Mr. Roy, you can't be in choir because you, you don't, there's no way that you sing that people don't hear you. They can't. They can't hear the choir. They have to hear you. And so that was, that was fine. So I kind of dug into trumpet, and I was all state trumpet player. Me too. Yeah. So there you go. I did that for a while. Loved it. Loved it. Got to where I could actually play piano and write pieces. 
marching band or orchestra with the Mar- trumpet? Marching and orchestra. Yeah, orchestra. yeah me too. Loved it. It was like... Last time you played the it. trumpet. Oh, it's been years, man. Yeah. man I, I can pull it out and I'll play like... I'll play a single scale one time and my embouchure is gone. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it doesn't work, you know, yeah, <laughs> completely gone. So I say that to say, then I heard for the first time I heard third day and I heard blackbird or love song for a savior. And, uh, and when I heard Max sing at the same time, about the same time as hooting the blowfish and third day. Right. In fact, the whole thing was that third day was copying hooting the blowfish. Right. I heard that, and then my youth pastor is like, dude, like, I think you could do what he's doing. Again, they're not trying. Mm. Oh, come on now. Blackbird, why are you wearing your crown? Yeah. Well, don't you know Jesus loves you? Me and the preacher on TV you're putting down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, when that came on, I was like, oh, I'm into that. And so, yeah, it ended up that I started writing my own songs because I really couldn't sing anybody else's. First song, pen to paper. You remember it. Come on. Yeah. Okay. So the first song I ever wrote, believe it or not, was a piano ballad. I could still play it for you, but it was called New Hope. And it was just just piano. I recorded it. And then oddly, we had kind of this weird a thing where the where the the principal of our school passed away and they asked me to play and I never even realized it until after I got done that that I had played trumpet and piano and played a song called New Hope at her funeral and so my point is is that it was immediate to my mom she saw that what I did there was a connection between like I had named it New Hope for some odd reason and then played that and she was like all right so you need to there's something there write those songs and so that's kind of where it started and then i wrote a bunch of awful 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 songs with awful bands and first band name please (laughs) one of my absolute favorite questions to ask (laughs) you folk okay bought by blood yes indeed b-o-u-g-h-t that's right by blood so think about that (laughs) bought blood you said it bought by blood all right all right yes and uh the songs were terrible in fact no, I don't want to go there. I can't do it. <laughs> but they were so bad, and uh, but I had a blast doing it, man. My Christian rock band was called Witness. Oh, that's actually really good. Because we're gonna go Witness. That that's not the worst name I've ever heard, mm-hmm. man. I I spent a I spent about two weeks in a hard rock band that was called Bloodleaf. <laughs> yeah, bought by Bloodleaf. <laughs> they were horrible too. Oh, I got out of so that. So, if you're writing young and you're writing New Hope, uh, did you meet Jesus early? People, yeah, people wouldn't know this, but my, okay, quick, quick backstory to that. Uh, yes, I, I when I was five, I went forward at the Southern Baptist Church because I was scared of hell. Right, I did not want to go there. Yeah, so that was my decision. You know, like and and I believe that was a real decision. But uh, my father, right after I got that, uh, my dad. People don't know this. My dad was a pro power lifter. He's Texas State's strongest man. People say, what happened to you, Jason? Right? And I say, shut up. Right? God knew what he was doing. He gave my dad the bench press arms, and he gave me the selfie arms. So, 
dad and mom weren't seeing eye to eye and financially it was a strain. We didn't have a lot of money. And so dad got lost in his, um, you know, in his pursuit of, I don't know. I think he just, that's all he did was with the weightlifting, the powerlifting. Well, he, he was, a, he worked at the coal power plant during the day. Okay. And then as soon as he got done with that, he'd go straight to the plant and he'd work. And then, uh, on the weekends, he'd be out riding motorcycles with his friends and stuff like that. And I think mom just got tired of it. And, and my dad, if he was sitting right here, I would tell the story the same way, you know, but he left my mom and then he fell into a lot of drugs and stuff like that, you know, cause I think he's just dealing with a lot of shame. But then my mom remarried to a man who was the polar opposite of my dad. Uh, my dad was a rock and roller who loved, you know, cool stuff, you know. And, and my mom married this godsend of a man who just didn't even like music at all. He still to this day doesn't like music, this guy. Tom, he's, but he was a godsend. He took care of us. And, and, uh, but Tom started moving us around the country because we had to, you know, because of his job. And so immediately I was moved out of Mount Pleasant, Texas, we moved to California, we moved to Houston, we moved to North Carolina, kind of lived all over the place. Just where the job would take you? Right, right. And, mm. and, uh, and, but then it got to where I only saw my dad like once a year, you know? Mm. And, and so at 15, they give you the ability to choose where you want to live. And I made a very, uh, made a decision that was kind of selfish, but I, I wanted to know who my dad was. You know, and so I was living in North Carolina with my two sisters and my mom and my stepfather. And I moved from North Carolina to Texas after a kind of ugly court battle. And I never forget, I had to tell my mom, I had to actually tell her that I didn't want to live with her. It's what the judge's requirement was. Like, you have to tell your mom you don't want to live with her. And I was like, it was the worst day of my life, you know. But uh, I moved to Texas and then at 15, um, when I moved to live with my dad, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I love my dad. He was awesome, but he was married to a different woman and she was very different. And, and there's a lot of chaos in that house. And I kind of pretty quickly realized that the Lord wasn't a big part there, you know, new kids. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a, had a new stepsister, I guess irrelevant, but her name was Connie. And, and I had a half sister named Rachel, 10 years younger than me. When I realized that there was so much chaos in that house, but that I could drive at 16, I just started packing up every Sunday morning and driving to church, you know, by myself uh, or taking my little sisters with me. And so it was kind of this weird way that God created, like I, I had this stick it to the parents thing, rebellion, but I did it in reverse order. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of being like, I'm going to be wild and do what I want. I was like, I'm going to church. So take that, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, at 15, I went to a, a conference and saw a guy named uh, Dawson McAllister speak. And Dawson talked about how, you know, the burden that you were wearing didn't have to be yours anymore. And he said, why don't you just come forward if you feel like you need to let that go and just give that all to the Lord. So at 15, huge, huge conference, I walked down front and gave my life to the Lord and came back and got baptized. And, and that was when I really chose the Lord truly. Cho like I chose that this was the path for my life and that I needed someone to step in where my father would maybe fall short, you know. And from that point forward, it wasn't perfect, but I, I had a perfect father, you know, who in a lot of ways made up for the shortcomings of my heaven, of my earthly father. You know what I mean? From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. Where do you live? It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet. The number one most downloaded sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Get the Sports Yak Podcast wherever you download podcasts. This is Jimmy Shorts, and that's good. 
So is there a performance, a concert? You're already in love with music and you're playing it or whatnot, but, but was there a was there a linchpin moment where you're like, I want to do that as a career? Yeah. Like, I want to get on stage and do that. Yeah, there was a couple of them, but the first one that comes to mind is a conference that they did down in Texarkana, Texas called Hot Hearts, and um, I got driven there by my youth pastor, and Jeff Moore from Jeff Moore in the Distance mm-hmm. came in, and uh, he was doing uh, he was doing the, the cover song, I, I Am Free, but not, not the worship song that you know. I am free, and freedom takes from reality, which is an old cover. I can't remember the name of the band right now, but anyway, that was his big song, and he came in it to the youth pastor room, which I was somehow privy to be able to be in. And he talked to everybody and he was so nice and so kind. And, and when they played, I mean, at that time, Jeff Moore was it for me, you know, like, yeah. uh, like this is a guy, Jeff Moore in the distance, of course. And, um, and yeah, I just, I thought that was it. And then I remember I went, to, I eventually moved back to North Carolina to go to college and there with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, we would go to a thing at all uh, at Walnut Creek in Raleigh, North Carolina, every year they would do this Habitat for Humanity show and every year it'd be a different headliner. One year it'd be DC Talk, one year it'd be Jars of Clay and every year I would sit out on the lawn and I'm not joking, you can ask my wife, I would sit there and just cry because I knew I was meant to do it. I just I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. I just didn't have a clue how I was going to get there. You know, like I had no connections of any kind. It's totally a pipe dream that no one else on earth believes could happen. And so I just sit there and, and just pray like, God, please, like I, I'm ready. You know, whenever you're ready to send me, I'll go. And who knew, right? Who knew? What kind of college? I was at NC State. I was uh, there for so an engineering degree. I was going to say engineering yeah. or, uh, you know, was it a music, uh, any kind of little well, dabble in it at all? I think it's important to note that my grandfather was a musician and never made money out of it. So everybody mm-hmm. in my family really thought of music as a hobby and they were very much anti, truly anti chasing that as a career. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when I was at NC State, I started a band and and we were starting to tour a lot and I was booking all our own shows and my mom stopped me. She, I came home and she said, you can play in your band or you can go to school. You can't do both. If you choose to play in your band in any way, form or fashion, pack everything you own and get out of my house. But she was just trying to scare me to the straight and narrow, you know? I don't fault her for that, but I packed everything I had and left. And that was when... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That was a tough day because, um, because you know, my, my father was my hero and he had failed me, I thought. And then here's my mom who's always tried to be like the one that just held everything together and she doesn't get it either. You know, and it was the first time in my life that I really felt like, like the Lord, I just felt like I was going to do something. I say this a lot. My church always talked about these big things that God was doing and I never saw it. I was always like, well, I don't, it seems like we're still singing the same songs and not much is happening around here. For the first time in my life, I felt like I had something to do that could actually maybe change the world. Mm-hmm. And I was told no. And so uh, it was very hard, but I packed up everything. I moved out and I started building 429 and you know, maybe it was exactly the push that I needed to go out and start music and to not have any fallback. No, there was no backup plan. It's either make this work or you're in trouble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, to, to, to round that story out, mom, I've seen my mom actually crowd surf at my shows. So there you go. We're good. Has Michael been with you since the beginning? Michael's been with me for 19 years. Okay. He missed the first year. But he he, he really didn't miss the first year because back then... There were so many uh, independent bands, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we played shows all over the place, and we played shows with a band that he was in called Remember Jonah that we all thought was going to sign and blow up. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, this new band came out that sounded just like them that was really good called Big Daddy Weave. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended Remember Jonah. That was the end of them. And so we, we ended up getting their drummer, uh, Michael Anderson. He's been with for 19 years. Let me play a little bit of a song and uh, take me back to that time. Okay? Yeah, come on. Wide and shallow, mm. but I know that you're guiding me. Come on, man. And the best is yet to come. You've given me hope for tomorrow. And I know someday. You and I are recording this April of 2019, and this is still in the set list. We, yeah, we just put it back in. It's there. You hear that big chug? That was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This song opened some doors? Oh, changed the world overnight. Yeah. It was, is this the first record? That Well, no. This is the first one that anybody ever heard us sign. Okay. That, but, that's, but, like, this this landed in radio, right? I mean, this, oh, this was a radio hit. It was... I'll tell you what kind of song that was. That was, in two weeks, it went from nobody has ever heard it to the number one song in America. Mm. Well, I don't even, that, that's not even possible today. That can't even happen. But it, I'm not talking about most added, and I'm not talking about like every station added it. I'm talking about it went from not on the chart to number one, and it stayed there for 12 weeks. And we, I remember, I, it was the craziest thing. I remember, I remember getting the call, hey, they're gonna play it on the radio. And I was like, well, I don't have a radio. They're like, well, you better go get in your car. And it was playing at 12.06 a.m., and it was in December, and it was freezing cold, and my wife and my poor baby son, I was like, we're going to listen. So I went out, and I warmed the car up for 20 minutes before time, and we all walked out and sat down and waited for it, and sure enough, 12.06, they played it. And What was that like? It was that thing you do. Oh, yeah. If I you, know. Okay, I know. One of my favorite movies. I mean, it was like, um, it was just like that. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I'm hearing my song on the radio. And what you wouldn't know about that song, too, is that um, that you know? It, it went through several different versions of us writing it, but I recorded that song. Every instrument on that song I played, except for the drums. 
Really? Um, yeah, because because wow. at the time the band we we just I was in Nashville, they weren't, so I'm playing bass, playing guitar, and uh, playing keys and all that kind of stuff. And that whole record was like that. I actually played every instrument on that record, with the exception of a few things here and there. And I sat in the studio with a producer for two months. And uh, the oh, I take that back. Michael played the drums on Glory Defined, believe it or not. Mm. He's the only member of the band that actually played on that record other than me. Were you married at the time of this record? I was. He barely survived me making it, though, because I was, I was, you know, it was my dream. It was my did whole dream. Did she know what she was getting into? Like, did you guys have a discussion like, look, touring, ministry, or, you know, you can come with? Did yeah. she have her own dreams herself? Oh, she has her own dream. She has a master's degree in Christian education. I mean, she's mm. brilliant. She's unbelievably smart, a divinity. So she's unbelievable. I don't think either one of us knew how hard it was going to be. We had mm. no idea. And in fact, one of the things that happened when we moved to Nashville was there was a, a women's group that got together that was from other bands. One of the people that sat down with my wife and talked with her was Dan Hasseltine's wife. And from Jars of Clay. From Jars of Clay. Sorry, Jars of Clay. Yeah. That's all right. Small community in Nashville. So yeah. if you pretty much know everybody, right? Just, you know, you know everybody. I know, I know most everybody. And But my wife came home from that meeting and she had this just wide-eyed, like, oh no, like what have we gotten into? Because Dan's wife kind of spelled it out for like how it really was going to be. And then, I don't know, my wife, man, she's a gamer. And she just, she just locked step. I believe you're called to do this. If I did not believe that, I wouldn't be here. And man, we we just struggled through it and struggled through it and took us years to get to where we actually, you know, weren't truly paycheck to paycheck, like down to the penny. But the Lord provided. And When you talk about a song that's been number one for 12 weeks, for a common person, I'm going to guess that might be listening to this, oh, that's success. That's success. You must have... I'm going to guess it was not. That's not how it works, especially in Christian music. <laughs> well, anybody that came out and saw us on that tour following that, we were on the Life Songs tour with Casting Crowns because of that song. And we're playing arenas, sold out every night, 12,000, 15,000 seats, sold out. And every member of the band was making $500 a month. That's it. You're opening up for Casting Crowns, who, well, a Life Song, that's huge. 15,000 people. Right. And so you're kind of doing some math real quick. And so there's four of you guys. That's right. Five, le- less than 500 a month. Yeah. We, it's like a minor league ball club. It, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. And people don't understand that because you're right. You know, you hear it on the radio and you think, wow, that changed the oh, game. Oh, it's rolling in now. And no, <laughs> no. I mean, it takes years for that to start adding up to where it really makes a living. And then, you know, there's always things to spend money on and to try to, like, we always felt like the first thing we should do is make sure we sound good. So we would focus really hard on, we hired my best friend to be our sound guy and we paid him more than we paid ourselves for years. Honestly, we never really got to where we were even floating until probably halfway to through the second record. So probably smash hit 2004, followed by top three, top four song space in between us, followed by another top five, top 10, no one else knows. And then the next record came out and we had a, a decent couple of songs on that. Then finally we got to where I think, you know, at that time we were all making like, you know, $1,500 mm-hmm. a month. But that was, man, that was heavy. That was high, that was high society living right there. You know, 1500 bucks a month. You kidding me? We were like stoked. I'm trying to remember if I remember this on the radio. Oh yeah. Come on, man. You know what? I played this in mainstream. This was uh, that's right. Blessed Union of Souls. Blessed Union of Souls. 
But this this was a hit in Christian radio, right? It was. It yeah. ended up being a hit for us as well. I got to meet those guys. They were super cool. Remember they did that Hey Leonardo song? Oh, yeah. She likes me for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Let me uh, on these pass. Oh, man. Brown Bannister. If you don't know that name, look it up. Brown Bannister. What role did he play on this record? Produced the whole thing. Okay. Brown was the one who taught me that I could actually sing. Listen, listen to that vocal compared to the last record. What's the big hit on that record? I think that was it. That you was the, that that or singing over me. That was a pretty big singing over me. I don't even remember. Those two are the two, I think. All right. I don't remember. I can't even see the track list over there, but we've met, we've only made nine of those. But I will tell you this: as a record goes, mm-hmm. that's the one you need to listen to. That, that Iris record, to Iris? Top to bottom. Yeah, well, we were in Germany doing a tour, and we couldn't figure out what we were going to name the record. But actually, if you go back on, there's a, there's a song called Waiting to Shine. Actually, that that is funny. To this day, we still get emails about it. And hmm. and um, the lyric is, how's it go? I can't, I can't remember. But the lyric in the song is, Brown Bannister. I mean, listen to that cinematic. Here comes the chorus. You hear what I'm talking about. So did he help you write these songs as well? Yeah, yeah he was um, he was involved in every part of it, and it, he really brought to life like as we were making that record. Um, there was a song on the record that was called Majesty, and when we finished re- recording that song, mm-hmm. I asked him. I said, "Did we get the vocal?" And he said, "He he he saved it as 2007 Song of the Year." And the, and Brown Bannister is my hero to this day, and it was just one of those seasons where he 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 just taught me that I could. You know what I mean? Like, like believe in yourself, kid. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Not only are, can you do this, but you're really good at it, you know? And he had the funniest way of telling you when something wasn't going well, right? Like you'd be in there singing something and he'd be, he'd be yeah, I wish I could show you, but he'd look like he was sawing something. And I'd be like, well, what, what's going on, Brown? He'd say, you're sitting on the end of a branch and you're sawing the branch off right now. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. Let's do something else. Wow. But he was so sweet, so I I still love Brown Bannister. I met you, I feel like, pre-Listen to the Sound. Yeah, you played one of the worst pranks ever on us. You don't remember this, I'm sure. No. You don't remember what you did? We met you for Italian. <gasps> I do remember this. And was this the, I'd the never blind? met you. Yes, I'd uh. never met you before. You, you know, you never know what you're walking into when you walk into radio meetings, but you know that it's your responsibility to be kind, to be nice, and to just go with the flow. And so you show up with a cane and glasses, like dark glasses, sunglasses, and you're like knocking around, acting like you're completely blind. The, and the whole time, like you walked in, like asked for a lady to sit us down and just 
kept full character. Like you would talk and look past me to the left or to the right. And then we got to the, we got to the table and we sat down and he was and you were sitting across from me and all the guys in the band. Something about I said I said something and I was like, ah oh, man, I wish I, I wish you could see this. And you, and you took your glasses off and threw them down and said, I can see him. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> Everybody in the band was like like we were stunned. Oh. We were stunned at the character, the commitment to the character. I mean, the commitment was, and that instantly was like, well, I'm never forgetting that dude ever oh, again. Oh man pretty funny yeah we ate for those of you that listen here locally live locally it was soho a sushi place that's oh that's right that's it love eating there. it was awesome and i if i remember correctly we put it away that night we yes we did but you came back and you did a show at a church in elkhart and man you were you were in performance mode i felt like you guys had a rebirth with yeah, that record that's right and i just remember i remember a couple times you like said my name during the show and were kind of singing at me but it was the songs i was like man these songs are they're big, big sounding songs. Yeah. And I dare say the song is on this record. Yeah, it, it would have to be the. The song. The song. And I'm telling you, that got a monkey off my back. I'm not going to lie. This song got a monkey off of my back. Let me hear the first verse. Hang on a second. Here. Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside. Sometimes it feels like I'm. What is this monkey you speak of? What do you mean? Were you trying to write the song, like the career song, or was it just, we need a hit? Or, I mean, what d- define the monkey? I'd always been told I was going to fail. And, um, and Glory Defined just wasn't enough. Hmm. I felt like I would be able to be dismissed as a failure. Yeah, sure, he had one song. He got lucky. And I hate to admit that because I know it's supposed to be super spiritual and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I wasn't thinking that when I wrote this song, but it's always sat in the back of my head, man. I've got one song that people truly, truly know, and that was a big hit. And, and some people would even say that it's a character song, that it just fits in a certain time and had the right sound at the right moment. This was the, the song that I wrote that was going to be timeless. It fits in any moment. It doesn't sound like a certain era, and, um, and, and it has so much power. I still, I don't, I'm not even tired of it. I love singing this song. Feels like a crowd participation song. Sure. A back and forth. For those who are listening, you want to know like what it felt like to have a rocket ship take off? This song was a, it started off without, any, it started so slow. In fact, we got a call from the label that said, sorry, the song's not going to work. But then in January, we went on this tour that some of you guys might know about called Winter Jam. And the first night we played it and the roof came off the building. And, mm-hmm. I, and there's a video, a music video for the song, Where I Belong. Go look it up. Go watch it. You'll see me in the middle of the video turn around and look at Michael and just hold my hands up like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? I oh, a, yeah. I have a story about this song. I'm coming home from a radio conference in Grand Rapids, a one-day radio conference, and there's a Christian CHR at the time in GR, and they're playing this, and I had not heard this yet. You know, because we just got the singles back then. Sure. And I heard this, and I was like, this is an anthem. Like, this is 15,000... And we started playing it, and, uh, because I'm all about tempo. And you've got the most exciting message in the world, and we 
you know, turn it into a ballad. But right. I remember hearing this on the highway. I'm this is this is when I said I'm I'm officially now a fan. This is a good one. I love this. There's so much space in it, but yeah. it's still rocking. It's just like whoosh. Yes, yes, yes. You may have to get to the chorus on this one. Yeah, yeah, come on, bring that chorus. You gotta get to that bridge too, son. Wow. Oh. Wow. Sounds good in these headphones. Doesn't it? It really does. Wow. Yeah. I love a big sounding. And it's interesting how sometimes when you write a song, and you know this, it goes great over in the arena, but radio doesn't attach themselves to it. Oh, sure. Or radio attaches themselves to a song, and it's not... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The crowd pleaser you thought it was. Oh, yeah. You know? No doubt. Which is just weird. It's bizarre. That song was all, though. It got them all. And, yeah. and now, granted, radio didn't really gr- take off. With, the CHR did. They did fine with it. And, mm-hmm. But interesting, that song, the verses of that song, I was specifically going for a sound that I'd heard on Foreigner Records from back in the day. Okay. There, there was like a, they, they had this way of doing this ethereal organ piano thing. You know what? As you're talking about it, um, I'm gonna roll the dice, and I'm gonna see if I can guess what song you you were going for. Come on, man! I, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna be. I, mean, they, I think Hang you're gonna be close. Second. I think you got it. But it, man, there was something about these songs. Ah, uh, there you go. Is that kind of? <sighs> yes. Is that, is, 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 <laughs> so, is that ballpark? So, uh, is that ballpark? They just had a way of doing that, man. Yeah, uh, just yeah. that straight drive. I mean, it makes you feel like Rocky. So I, I, I love the 80s, and I love oh, it. Oh, come on. And so, you know, that's what I was going for there. And it worked out well. And and not to mention that it was kind of square until I went to my studio and played the guitars. And 
Outside perspective, listen to the sound. The record felt like a, I don't want to say reset button, but like a reintroduction. Here we are. We can play the big rooms. Right. Did, I mean, did it feel that way in career? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's, we were counted completely out, and, and I had honestly kind of gave, that record was the one that I was like, all right, we'll give it one more, and then I'm I'm done. I'm really? so sick and tired of fighting this battle. And sure enough, you know, it took off like a rocket ship. And, and yeah, it, it was the one where we kind of came into our own live as well. We, we were not that great of a live band, but on that record, we figured it out and created something live that was pretty special. And then it carried right on over into the next record, We Won't Be Shaken. This, this is... Uh when our station and the band had a great partnership like we did two years in a row of headlining we did and the light it up and the, and the smoke and the, and the the stage and gosh you remember when he took me for a ride yeah, on I took that you on the lift. platform yeah that was I like that one and I like uh so it's time to get up oh There's another song on there called uh, Revolution that has some big stuff in it, too. Yeah, I know. Do you you go back and listen to these at all? Like, last time you listened to this, for example. Oh, it's, it's been a little while. Yeah, It's cool to hear it again, though, because the thing is, I don't want to get caught in the trap of going backwards. I think that there are seasons where I'll, I'll happen to flip it on and check it out. But, you know, that, that record, We Won't Be Shaken, was a huge song for us. Press On with Blanca mm-hmm. was a huge song for us. So that was a great season. And I honestly think that that record, We Won't Be Shaken, was one of our best. I mean, we got nominated for a Grammy and we deserved it. Like it, yeah. was, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, if we're ever going to get nominated for a Grammy, it's going to be this one. And sure enough, it worked out. It was pretty cool. So Most added song of all time. <laughs> That's right. Eight, I, if I remember correctly, 83 stations all at the same time out of the box. I, it was I, an impo- well, it was an impossible. I, it was an impossible feat. Yeah. And uh, I remember this. I, I, st- I st- Dude, I still love, I love this song. That's a great song, man. It's one of our favorites live. Still play it all the time. Do you? you still oh, play I love this song. Real tight sound. Kind of remembers, reminds me of, obviously there's a Bruno feel to that, but there's also a little bit of, oh. there's a little bit of that, and how tight it is, it's akin to Owner of a Lonely Heart. Oh. By Yes, you know. I hear it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think you and I had a conversation. It was either this record or maybe We Won't Be Shaken, where Michael was kind of giving you a little bit more of a, doesn't he like hip hop a lot? He's oh, like, yeah. let's let's use some of those beats and totally. You know, w- w- do you remember kind of where in the in the season that was? Well, it, it, it started showing up on uh, on the We Won't Be Shaking and Bonfire, like yeah. And then it then it really took hold when we turned the corner on the Unashamed record. Like we really kind of just just kind of went, all right, we're gonna own this space of we're gonna really dive into bringing programming and stuff like that big time into our music, and it was a cool time. I mean, all those songs. There's a song on that, a worship tune as well, that's called uh, Ocean Deep. Might be one of the best songs I've ever, 
ever written. I remember this. I remember you playing it on a piano uh, at our hockey arena. That's right. Uh, second single, right? I think yep. it was. Yeah, it was. Er, it was the unashamed. second. Unashamed. And then this one? Yeah, exactly. I feel like Unashamed, unashamed was a hit. This one, yeah. Unashamed was a big song for us. Would you look at me? Great vocal on this. Nice space in, in the... Give me a song in the catalog that pushed you vocally. Like, I don't know if I can pull this off, but you did. There's always one of those uh, on the record, but I, I would dare say Eyes Up was so hard to pull up, pull off live because it, it has all these weird falsetto flips and stuff in it. And it always kind of kicked my tail. That or that song, or even Go. You know, those were like, they had these weird. So when you talk about it's got all these weird falsetto flips and stuff, as you're writing it, are you thinking about, am I going to be able to pull this off in a live setting? Or you're like, I don't care, I'm in the studio. Let's conquer that first and then, I mean, yeah. do you think that way? No, I, I think... How do I make this awesome? Period. Okay. And then if it takes me a while to let's see if it can't see. You gotta keep your eyes out. Come on, keep your eyes out. You and I will be alright. That note B was really weird. On a side. Yeah, that part. The question was, how do you sing that without getting too like, you know, like okay. rock? That was the hard part. This whole record, I intentionally sang not rock, which comes easy. What you do know, you mean by that? I'm a pa I'm a power singer. Okay. Meaning, when it gets high, I'm gonna step into the mic and just rip it, just go. But there's so much nuance in the way that I was choosing to approach that because it brought it more back to the pop world. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you listen to Bonfire, you hear me like, there's like almost a growl to my voice, you know, but when on those songs, I had to learn how to sing real smooth and, and figure out how to kind of keep it in that, that, that smooth tone. And, and it's been a great benefit to me because now I've learned how to sing a little bit better, you know, to have to learn that, that whole idea. Is there anybody been along the way? I mean, you're, you're into your career, but then, uh, uh you know, you either you wanted to take it up a notch or somebody pulled you aside and said, Hey, you might want to try this. Any like vocal coaches? Oh sure. Any anybody yeah. uh, other artists that said, "Hey man, you know, you, you learned something valuable from them about vocals." I've learned a couple of things. I learned something from Joy Williams. Do you remember her? Yes. Joy Williams was in the Civil Wars, but before that, she was Joy Williams. And, yeah. And just all, she's always been brilliant, and she's one of the most amazing vocalists of all time. But she just sat down with me one time and was like, "Listen, turn your in-ear monitors down. Turn them down." Like get it as quiet as possible because the louder you make it, the more you're going to try to sing over the top of it and you're going to blow your voice out. And then she said, and then she said, you're such a showman, but you have to find a way to put on a show without keeping the intensity that, um, that your, like your body, your body movements have got to somehow be separated from your vocal control. Meaning you can move all over, play jump off of risers and everything, but you have to be fluid in your neck and in your, and in, in, in your, in your vocal uh, area and so she she would always tell me that she'd always tell me like if you have to sing in the morning before like on radio get up and take a long long shower and just be doing warm-ups the whole time and just 
So she just leaned into me. She's really cool. She's a dear friend. I haven't, I haven't talked to her in 10 years. But back in those days, she was like the vocal. She was the one. Like yeah. vocally, nobody could touch her. And inc- incredibly, as hard as I've sang, as, as many years as I've, as I've sung, sang, whatever that would be, I've just, I've never been in the hospital. I've never had nodules or anything like that. And I, I honestly, there have been seasons where I've been like, okay, God, I'm so tired of singing that if you want to turn this off, that'd be great. And he just never does. And I just keep doing it. You know what I mean? I don't know if this is going to be sensitive or not. We've had a conversation about this Uh-oh. off of a microphone. Yeah. I just, I, I, let's see where you go. Live the journey. Yeah. That record was kind of a turning point for you guys as a band because a separation from the label. That's right. Yeah. But the exciting thing is, in, and I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, I feel like you have a renewed sense of purpose with a new record label of your own. That's right. Feels like apparently a few radio stations like this new single. <laughs> Turns but be- out. But before we get a little yeah, too let's far, not go too far there. Tell, tell me about this season of life. Were you successful? Were things going well when you turned the record in? Or did you feel like... All right, maybe something is awry. I don't know. You know, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, I would say this: we have been to, um, as a band, we've been to great heights. You know when you're not at great heights, like you just you just know when maybe the attention is not quite on you. You know when it seems like maybe people aren't quite as excited about what you've done before. Okay, and you also know when uh, a. I think you can always feel when a when a when a door is closing. You don't know you don't necessarily know for sure, but you, there's something that's just not settled, that's right? Super just, scary too. It just does, it's so scary, and so when people listen to the Live the Journey record, the, there's two things you need to know. The first thing you need to know is that that record we made half of it uh, over six months and then had to throw it in the trash because it, uh, we were getting nowhere with a producer and it was awful. We did record one song called This Place that did not even make it onto the record, which I will still never really understand, but that wasn't my decision. You know, there's other people that make those decisions. And then also, I think that when people listen to the record, I think you need to hear, you need to listen from a standpoint of a person saying, God, whatever you want. I I don't understand. I'm not in control. Obviously, you have plans. I don't get them. I'm not fully, not 100% sure what your plans are, but... I'm going to just trust you the best that I know how and write the best songs that I know how to write. And so this record, honestly, was the closing of a door. It really was. This record was a closing of a, of a chapter even in the book. I'm very proud of that record, though. There are great songs on that record. There really I was going to say, are you, do, you, do you feel sore looking across the counter here at it? Does it bring up any kind of sour? But no, you, you're, you're proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of the songs that I've written. I'm not super pleased with the production i knew the process the process wasn't fun process was hard this is the first record since our very first record that literally i was probably the only one in the band that actually really got to do anything on it because we were bouncing stuff from studio to studio to studio to studio so that's just that's just super transparency welcome to the podcast not going to hear that on normal radio but also i do think that those songs are are strong songs, but there were so many other songs out of the out of the almost one hundred that I turned in. A hundred, right, right, that were awesome that that you'll never hear. I can't remember when it was. You sent me a rough copy of 
a song. Can I can I play? Yeah, you can. Let me yeah. play the finished yeah, product. Yeah, let me, let me yeah, play a little sure. bit of this. When I was five, I walked the aisle singing just as I am. While my granddaddy held my hand. He said you were a big god, so I so I laid my life down. I grew up in that old church listening to the sound. Voices of worship ringing out. This is your story, right? Whole thing. They said you were a big guy, but I, I wondered how you fit in that That's a good song, town. man. I don't care if it makes it a radio or not. That's a good song. Yeah, I remember like hearing this version. I'm like, that's not what you sent me, but the different cooks come into the kitchen and hey, it needs to be this way for a, a radio hit or it needs to be this and you were really, uh, if you allow me to pull back the curtain, you were really struggling with, I want, it's my story. I want to be the one that's going to be singing it for the next whatever. And, and you know, you're, not that you turned it into a a fictional song or whatever, but it was just, I, you, you were really struggling. Yeah. This you know, was a with, tough one, man. This is a battle that I uh, did not win. The, it's so hard because you, you there, there comes a point where you kind of, the door is closing, the chapter, the, the chapter's closing, and you kind of, I almost hear this now and almost hear it in sadness. It almost brings me a little bit to tears because, you know, we work so hard yeah. and, 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 and sometimes it's just not in your hands. And yet I say this, sometimes there's a reason. Of course you don't see it when you're in you the middle of it, right? You don't see it when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And so I love that song. Uh, it was a great song, but you know, hey. It ended up being what it is. And we had a lot of fans that supported it. We had a song called You Can that did encourage and uplift a whole lot of people. And I do think that record is a very mature record. It's not a pop record at all. It's a very mature record. But I think that's a weathered record. You you could have almost titled that record Scars or Weathered or something like that. And it might have made more sense. So you and your label are done? Yeah. Uh, how long between we're done with this label and we're not done yet, we're going to do our own thing and start our own label and, and, and get this bad boy underway again? Well, that starts with a conversation I had with a lady about six. This is this is all very recent. So six months ago, I walk into church. The lady looks at me and says, you look tired. I said, thank you, ma'am. She said, no, 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 you look exhausted. And I think it may be time for you to think about doing other things. And I'm like, okay. You know, and she says, but I believe in you and I believe in you so much that whenever you decide to do whatever's next, I want to invest in you. And I thought that meant a coffee shop. <laughs> you know, I'm like, she means it's time for you to hang up the house. I would have guessed a fitness workout. Or, or that you're very physically fit. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not as fit as most people, but I'm doing my best. Anyway, the point is she says that and I file it away. And then December 14th, we get uh, the call that we're no longer on, uh, working with uh, in a partnership with Sony or Provident. And I immediately was like, you know, we've sold a lot of records, man. And, and we've, we've done a lot of really good things. And I was a little shocked that we only got one single off the record. And that that was like, that's the cutoff point And we're going to move a different direction. This is me being super transparent, which is what this podcast is about. So, yes. so I was hurt a little bit too. I was like, really, after all that we've done, like we're going to get one single. And then I started thinking, I got to be honest. Then I started thinking, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to, do something else. And then one last thought hit me. The thought that hit me was, wait a minute. 
that last record wasn't me anyway. I mean, it was me, but it wasn't the best me. Why not give it just one more swing? Let's swing Let's swing at the ball one more time, a la the same way we did on the Listen to the Sound record. Let's take one more big swing and find out if there's anything left in the tank. And so I went and talked to that lady, and I said, I'd like to start a record label. Beyond starting a record label, I'd like to sign other artists. Not because I know what to do that's right, but I certainly knew what, know what to do that's wrong. And I'd love to invest in young people. I'd love to set them up in a situation where financially they'll have peace the way I never did. And so on and so forth. And she said, well, how much is that going to cost? And I, t- I shot a number that like was ridiculous. And I was like, I'm not asking you for all that. I'm just saying like, hey, it's something like this, you know. And, uh, and she said, cool, well, here's the check. Go do it. And I, 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 I was like, wait a minute. Like, we don't, I don't need, what are you talking about? Like, that's not the, what I expected this to be. And she was like, well, go get everything in order and figure out what you want to do. You find people that you believe in and we'll find other people that will help fund that. But we believe in building 429. And she said, this is profound. She said, anybody that makes you doubt your calling or anybody that makes you believe, even for a second, that what you have done with Building 429 doesn't matter, has no place in your career, has no place in your life. I'm telling you that you matter and that your songs have made a difference in my life, and I believe that they will make difference in other people's lives going forward. So go be free and do what you do. And so with that, in a matter of a few weeks, I had written and produced this song, and this song called Fear No More that is the most ridiculous song ever. I could, there's a whole story behind it, but you might as well play a little bit of it because this song... Tell me about, okay, we're going to do this thing again. Tell me about sitting down and writing this. Was there a pause? Was there a, okay, I've got an idea? I don't know where this is going. We just lost our label. Guess I lost my vision when the pain set in. That hurt really bad. Can I, when I, don't I don't see where we're going. So this is the story of what has just happened. Listen to the chorus. Hmm. This is a word I choose, but it's where I'm finding you. But I'm broken and undone. Your mercy's just begun. You What has it been like to play this live with the guys? Is this a is this one of those moments where you catch each other's eye and go, yeah, yeah? It's it's incredible. I mean, like yeah. these lines. That's where he's always been. I mean, I don't know. I, that's tough. Now we play this live and just looking at each other like I can't believe we, this is it may not ever it may not end up being a hit but man this feels right to me. Well, all right, calm down now. As of this conversation, I think I heard the number 25, 35 stations on it, which is a big deal, dude. 35. Coming out of coming out of the gate again. Been a little while. It's been a while. That number's, you know. That's oh. that line. I'm not giving up. I'm giving in to what you've planned. That's my anthem. Come on. I'm not giving up. Giving in. Giving in. 
Blanca on the road with you. Is she doing that female yeah, part? We're working on it. We're yeah. working on. We're that, working that feels it out. Like that might, that, that, might, that might, might be a thing. That might be a thing. She's definitely gonna be singing on the Spanish version, which I'm singing in Spanish now. So really, yeah, I, man. I um, I've always had a fire about me, and I gotta be honest with you. Check this out. This is the truth. After the Shaken record, there was a commentary that was given to me, and it sunk into my subconscious, and I and I let it sit there. That commentary was, people are tired of you writing anthems. It needs to be more personal. You need to write songs that are more emotional and personal. And I took that and threw anthems out the window to some degree. And I just kind of, and then, then a couple of the songs that I wrote that were in that world didn't really work. And so I just went, all right, well, I guess that season's over. And then coming into this season, it just, it, it, I just like, no, this, is, this is who I am. This is what I do. I can't help it. That's what I'm wired to do. I'm going to do it again. I'm just going to do it better. And, um, you know, we did, we broke a lot of rules with this song, by the way, which is the most incredible thing. We put slide guitar on a song that they generally radio doesn't play that put a female lead vocalist on it that nobody knows. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to put people on it that, that people I asked, know. I, I texted you that like, all right, who'd you go get? And you're like, eh, mm. her name, mm. bro, you're going to find she's, and it's so, it's so cool because I think it's helping her too. She's coming out to, she's going to be doing some shows with us too, by the way. Okay. And then we, we had a choir, the guy who produced all the vocals for Glee. He heard the song, was like, I want to do the vocals. We're like, dude, we don't have that kind of money. He's like, I don't want your money. Send me the song now. <laughs> and overnight, we had the people who sang on the Glee TV show. on those, And, you know, so it's one of those songs where, and there's so much more than just my story involved in that. And there's a lot more, too. If you ever listen to me talk about it, if you watch it on uh, me talk about it on Facebook or on Instagram, you're going to hear me talk about the last year and a half. Because the last year and a half for Building 429, for me personally, kind of felt like walking through a small version of hell. But uh, coming out the other side, I, com- I confidently say the setback is the setup. The setback is the setup. And, uh, and I'm excited to be able to say, because of some good and godly people around me in this process, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being afraid. So I'm going to fear no more. Third wave music. Where does that wave. come from? A couple, a couple of weird things, and this nobody else would know this, but you know I'm a coffee freak. I love coffee, and Third Wave Coffee is is it's interesting. I kind of use that as my brand, uh, my idea. The first wave of coffee being Folgers, Maxwell House. Second wave being Starbucks and whatever, and the third wave being like really custom coffee. Okay, where you go in. But the way that I say it for us is that the first wave. It, it's it, music is different. The first wave of, of music, me being independent, trying to figure out how I could sign to a major. The second being many years of being on the major and the third being I can do this better. And so that's where third wave comes from. So if you're past this fear of the unknown, well, I'm not past it. No, I wish I, w- I wish that I was, but I am moving past it. Okay. I'm choosing to walk past it. I don't want to say I'm not afraid because that's, that's just, a, there are times when I still allow fear to, to, to mess with me. I'm definitely way I have a whole lot more wisdom to know that Satan is using wisdom as a tool to confuse me and to mess up what God has planned. So I don't want to say I'm past it, but I will say that I'm much more confident in my ability to combat fear today. Of the people I know, you're one of the hardest working individuals. Can you call time out on this and have fun? And if you do, what do you do to have fun? Man, that's a really good question. I do find what, what I do with building 429 fun. Okay. I do. I find it. I find um, 
Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. There's a little too much, you know. But this new season, I'm the A&R guy. I'm the head of marketing. My inbox is full of all the emails of all the things that I always wondered about before that now I actually make the decisions about. Okay. Ultimately, where the money goes, where we put it, how we're investing in music and in ministry, that comes down to my decision, top to bottom, with the music we produce and the live show. So that's great. It's a lot of extra pressure, but I love it. Now, how do I, what do I do to, to per, press pause? Yeah, the phone gets left at home. My wife and I will take the kids. We'll go hiking in the park like we did the other day. My son has a dirt bike. We go out and go riding uh, off in the land together. And um, and I still, ever, uh, part of what allows me to do this is how intense I can be about, you know, my wife and I are 5.30, 6.30 in the morning, CrossFitters every morning. It's not a question it is a part of our life, and I have to push that to the wall. It kind of helps me get all the frustration out. There were two or three artists that told me back, in, and this is a while ago, they loved playing basketball with you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Very competitive, but at the same time, like, you're good, so it was a, a good co- competition. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, wow, this is just a throwaway. Like, they enjoyed their time with you. I love, I love, there's some great, by the way, there are some great players now. They're, they haven't always been great players basketball. Basketball being my first love. So anytime there's a court, I'm there. It's just sometimes it's it's hard to find the time to go do that. And sure. So occasionally I get a call on Friday nights to go play, and if I'm home, I'm there. Okay. And I love it. I But it's different than it was. When I was younger, I would go on the court to dominate. You know, like, like you're going down, right? Mm-hmm. And now I really go out on the court and I, I, I go out to have fun and to find the guy who hasn't made a basket yet and set him up and figure it out, you know? Like, and so until somebody talks smack and then I, <laughs> then I don't even mean to, but I switch gears again. So are you going to be the guy, let's say uh, I'm the up and coming artist. Are you the guy I'll sit across from the table with, with this new label and either try to sell myself on you or you've seen something in me and we try to work something out? Are you going to be that guy now? That's right. Yeah, that's that. Well, and obviously the first thing I need to do with this new record label is I need to honor the commitment that I've, that, that this lady has, has made, which mm-hmm. is I, I want you and building 429 to go. That's the first thing. And I can't wait to share with you the next music. I can't even tell you how excited I am about the next music. But once I get that up and running, yes, I will be the guy sitting at the table with a young person, or even in some cases, maybe even some legacy artists, and helping them figure out how to continue to grow their imprint around the world for the sake of the glory of God. You know, like that's, I can't, I, t- I told the guy, my partner the other day, I, he was like, I don't know, new artists, man. I don't know. I'm like, like, dude, we're doing, we're going to sign new artists. We're going to, because I have got to help people not make the same mistakes that I did. So it, it'll be fun. Interestingly, the first name that came up that he's like, all right, there's one person I might consider signing and I can't say that name, but it's, it's uh, somebody close to me and I'll, I'll look forward to sharing with you uh, a little bit of her music here soon. So let's end on this. Someone's listening right now and there's a fear of next step, right? They've got the demo. They've got some money in their pocket. They've got a little bit of a following and the little circle of their, their home base. That's right. And yeah. they want to go next level. What what advice would you give them? Well, it's funny because if they've got money in their pocket, they're already one leg way up on where I ever was when I started. But the thing that I would just encourage a person to do is to never be arrogant because arrogance 
toward other artists, toward independent artists, that right there is the same thing as as ending a thread on Facebook. It's almost like a like instead of a share. Because people will go like, oh, your music's really good. I like that dude, but I ain't sharing it with anybody. Or I like that girl, but I ain't sharing it because she's arrogant, you know? So, but then I, to go beyond that, I would say, I really do believe that if you worry about the depth of your ministry, the Lord will, will take care of the breadth of it. You never say no to an opportunity to play if you can play it. Every time you show up, you show up with a heart to encourage other people. If you watch the greatest artists that are in CCM, you find out that they are pastors first. Call them out. Name the guys that are the big, name the girls that are the big dogs. They're pastoral hearts. And if you don't have a pastoral heart, you might as well go ahead and move on and do something else. But I I would just encourage you wherever you are, it is possible. All you have to do is just keep moving. We will find you. You keep making music. You keep using the tools that the Lord has given you. And eventually either I'm going to find you or somebody at a major is going to find you. And then the last thing I would say is don't sign your life away. Don't sign your life away. Don't sign your life away. Okay. You, you don't have to anymore. There's this band that's on an independent label that shouldn't have a chance at radio that just became most added. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're independent now. Don't sign your life away. You can do it without them. Okay. I mean, come on. There's another guy named Macklemore. You might have heard him. Chance the Rapper. Right? Yeah. Keep going down the list. It can be done. Just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of favor from the Lord. So you better be a pastor. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Follow along on the What Else Podcast Facebook page. On Twitter at My Name is Corey. In partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 